Hello. Welcome to North Coast Calvary Chapel's audio podcast. Hello, my name is Jim Doyle, pastor over small groups and connecting people into Jesus in the church and into serving as well. Today we're going to focus on 1 Samuel chapter 10. In chapter 10, the story picks up right where chapter 9 left off. Saul is about to be anointed king, and we're going to focus on how God uses obedient people, even if they're not ready for leadership or they're unqualified or they're even scared to do so. The grace of God, the love for his people is something that's very remarkable here. Think about it for a moment. The people demanded a king uh, so they could be like other nations, and Samuel warned against them, against this whole thing, um, and yet they still wanted a king. And, and God could have just said, no, forget it. But he said, no, I'm, I'll give you a king. And what we need to keep in mind here is that God is still in control in spite of man's uh, desires or wrongdoings or evil thoughts or whatever. God is still in control, and he chose a king for them. Most of this chapter revolves around this concept. We see it in verse 6. Let's begin there. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully on you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be transformed. It's talking about Saul here. And then in verse 9, we see that Saul's heart was changed. When Saul turned around to leave Samuel, God changed his heart. So you see, for that moment in time, and for a period of time after that, the Spirit of God was indeed in Saul. Now listen to to verse 11. Everyone who knew him previously and saw him prophesied with the prophets asked each other, What happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? So they were just shocked because Saul had not been really a model citizen. And yet all of a sudden he's prophesying and speaking the truth of God's word. And everybody's just going, whoa, who is this guy? What's going on? And and so it's another indicator that they really didn't have a clue that he was going to be their king just yet. And there's something really powerful we can learn from here, learn at this point as we before we move on. God does not choose us based on our pre-existing uh, qualification, meaning that he does not qualify us based on our or how the world views us. Uh, God uses us because he chooses first to transform our hearts and then our leadership. And, and so our influence is based on his grace and love, not our own skills and abilities. We see this very clearly thus far in chapter 10. Saul was transformed by God for as long as he would hold on to this, he would be a good king. Fortunately, we know later on that he didn't remain obedient, so the Spirit of the Lord didn't stay with him. The last part of chapter 10 is Saul's public anointing as king. Israel's trajectory into history is about to change forever at this very moment. Samuel speaks about this in verse, in verse 19. But today you have rejected your God who saves you from all your troubles and afflictions. Yes, there are moments of encouragement and hope in Israel's history, but no man would be able to save them from their rebellion. And this is where Israel was headed. They're in a downward spiral toward their eventual demise. In verse 21, Saul was selected as king, but nowhere to be found. He was out, what they say, with the luggage, so to speak. So you think about all the tribes coming into Israel here. Uh, There's a lot of luggage that he was hiding amongst. 
but they found him. And remember this point, Saul still had a God-given spirit in him, even though he was and even though he was born of a great stature, uh, he was still humble and did not cover this appointment. And nonetheless, Paul was accept, or Saul was accepted as king. So in verse 27, let me read verse 27 to you. Um, but some wicked men said, how can this guy save us? They despised him and did not bring him a gift. But Saul said nothing. So even in the midst of, of choosing a king and they even announced him and pronounced him as, as, as their king, they still had doubts about him as a man. And they said, this man cannot save us. I think this is a bit ironic. They demanded a king that would, would save them. But then when the great physical specimen in, uh, that Saul was in all the land came to be their king, they still had their doubts. That's weird. This is what happens when we do not have transformed hearts. This is what happens when we focus our desires on the flesh instead of on awesome things God has done for us. I guess the lesson here is two-part. One, never underestimate the capabilities the Lord has given you to do great things through him and him alone. Um, and second, trust in his guidance as his plan to carry out or carry it out through your life. Because even if you are led by the noblest of mankind, nothing relates to the provision of the Lord. This country of ours has, has had some amazing leaders in its history who have done wonderful acts for this great nation. But none can provide true hope and peace. Only the true King, Jesus Christ, can do that. So when you feel like your world is falling apart or caving in, turn to the author and perfecter of your faith, Jesus Christ, who will never let you down, who will not be knocked off his throne, who knows who what you truly need and provides it for you. You know, a few weeks ago, I was feeling extremely anxious about uh, a, a surgery I was to have on a septum surgery. And I was, I was so nervous that I was actually kind of shaking a little bit. And I don't know if that was because I was up early in the morning and it was cold, or was, but it was just an unusual amount of shaking that I normally am very calm about things and feel at peace about stuff. I've had enough surgeries in my life to, you know, just rest in the Lord on that. But this time I was really nervous. So I decided just to close my eyes and just lay back and just focus on the Lord for a moment, not even saying anything. And then I started praying and asking the Lord to cover me with his peace and his tranquility. And it was like a like a blanket just came over me and warmed me. It was just really an interesting feeling. And and I just felt this tremendous peace about it. It just lifted from my body. It was like it was taken out of my body, like a disease taken away. And I just felt this calmness and peace. And, and the anxiety never came back. You know, God is good. God is good all the time. And if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God is in you. And he is not a temporary or conditional fixture like he was in Saul or other Old Testament characters. He is permanently in you. And he has taken up residence in you. So uh, step out in obedience, call on him, and he will answer you. Amen to that? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to 
re-experience what Saul went through to capture in our mind's eye um, what he dealt with. And Lord, I, I just pray because of your spirit that we would find strength in you, that we would rely on you, that we would lean on you, that we know that you haven't left us and that we know how near you are. And Lord, we know that we can't do this without you. And so, Lord, we ask, we call upon you for strength and wisdom and um, and creativity and ability and skill and um, and peace about all the things that you've called us to do, whether it be at work, at church, um, in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our marriages, in, in our parenting, wherever we are, Lord Jesus, whatever we need to call upon, we know that you are near and you are able and more than able to provide. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. God bless you and have a wonderful day.